Well, welcome to episode 16 of Lakeshore Christian Church's Midweek Podcast. I'm Pastor Randy Cordell. We're coming to you live from our studio at our Antioch campus here in beautiful Nashville, Tennessee. Each week on the podcast, we plan to talk about all things Lakeshore. And on a regular basis, we have guests that come in and spend some time with us. We get to interview them and find out more about their work and ministry and involvement in the community. So we're happy to be able to do that. I want to encourage you, if you uh, haven't already done so, subscribe to the podcast. You can hit that notification bell as well so you get notifications when we have a new episode that's posted. Uh, You can catch us live on Wednesdays at noon, but anytime after that, once it's posted, you can catch us on your favorite podcast platform. My guest today is Christy Pomeroy. She's the Executive Director of Women of Worth Recovery Home. Welcome, Christy. Well, uh, thank you so much, Randy. I appreciate being invited. Well, thank you so much for taking some time with us today. I'd like for everyone to get to know you a little better. I know you a little bit. We've crossed paths. We've got some mutual friends and connections with Ezel Harding Christian School. Tell us a little bit about where you grew up and uh, your family, some things like that, and your background. Okay, thank you. I um, actually grew up here. I'm native Nashville or native Antioch, which is yeah. unusual these days. Yes. Um, grew up and went to Ezel Harding for all 13 years of my school. Yeah. Um, married my high school sweetheart, which is also you know, not heard of as much these days (laughs) Um, and celebrated 27 years this summer. So we have two uh, grown boys. Actually, our our baby is a senior in high school this year, which is crazy to believe. Um, He's at Ezel, right? He is, yes, sir. And then um, our oldest son has uh, left us married and working hard and um, have a a bonus son living with us this year um, who is an exchange student from Ireland. So uh, love this area. We worship at Rule Hill Church of Christ and yeah. just love the Antioch community. That's great. Yeah, it is uh, not as common as it used to be to have native <laughs> Antiochians. Uh, right. Is that the right word? Natives of Antioch. Uh, <laughs> but that's great. I'm glad you've stayed in the area and continue to serve. And I know we've crossed paths at Ezel, both with your kids there, but also you were on staff there for a while also. Yeah, spent yeah. four years as a guidance counselor there and, and learned a lot. Um Loved being back at what felt like home to me, but definitely felt God's calling um, in my social work background. Um, I did graduate from Lipscomb and went into social work and have been doing that for about 30 years and really just felt like God was calling me to work back with a formerly incarcerated population. So that's what I'm doing. Yeah, that's the main thing, of course, I wanted us to talk about today is the work you're doing uh, with uh, women of worth. Uh, It's a recovery program uh, and assistance program for those who have been incarcerated, correct? Uh, I I checked out your website. you got a great website. I know you got a lot of different programs going on. So tell us a little bit first about uh, what led you, what maybe, I I love hearing how God connects the dots. What what is it that brought you to that place to do that kind of ministry? Yeah, well, without making it too, too long, but I'll hit some some highlights here. Um, when I got out of school, I immediately started working with nonprofit organizations, working with at-risk teenagers. That led me into working um, into the field of domestic violence, and I worked with victims and offenders of domestic violence for 12 to 13 years. Right. Um, I learned a lot. Um, I think I helped a lot, but I got my heart broken some there, too. Um, but that led me into being in the legal system and learning more about 
legal issues, incarceration, and I ended up going to work. It's been now about 17, 18 years ago at the Davidson County Sheriff's Office working inside of the jail. Um, And then that led me to leading some classes in the Tennessee Prison for Women at that time. Um, And I I don't know what it was. I just feel like a kind of a light switch was turned on and had mm-hmm. a desire to work with women. Uh, primarily, my history has been working with women mm-hmm. um, who have a history of mental health issues, who um, struggle with substance abuse, uh, domestic violence. Unfortunately, a lot of those issues go together. And yeah. so it, it, that's how I you know, first was introduced to it, for sure. Right. Well, God obviously put that... Uh, compassion in your heart but also not just the compassion because there's so much more to it than just having compassion you have to we were talking earlier before the the (laughs) podcast there have to be guidelines and boundaries and structure to what you're doing uh, because compassion without that can lead you into some situations that are difficult and and, uh, more challenging than they need to be it's challenging enough without that Uh, so I want you to share a little bit about the elements of the program with the women of worth what what are some of the key things that you guys focus on and do with that program Okay, I definitely want to tell you about that. But one thing I left out a minute ago that I just feel like um, is such a part of the wow story, but is also part of my personal story, you know, God calls us to things not necessarily when we are ready or when we are looking for it. And, you know, during the pandemic, um, I was working as an admissions director at a local treatment center for women. fabulous organization that I spent 10 years of my career working for and um, but but was in a very challenging highly stressful demanding position and so you know during that time wasn't looking for anything at all but it was interesting that I got a phone call out of the blue from a former um, co-worker of mine from the jail and she said hey Christy is there any way that you would take this over because I am retiring and I said there's no way I'm going to do that (laughs) Um, and God continued to like poke and prod me I fully believe waking me up at night for about five nights Um, and so I just I I say that because it is part of the the organization story but it's part of my story and and trying to encourage other people to pay attention to those pokes and prods because it has been a bless I hope I'm helping them but it is blessing me tremendously. So. Yeah, and I love that you shared that part of the story because so many people, we we have those pokes and prods, but we're not paying attention like we need to. Yes. We're not being aware of it or, or open to it like we need to be. Right. Uh, and the more open we are to that, God leads, guides, and directs and connects the dots for us to get us where he wants us to be. And he's obviously put you where he wants you to be right now. I do believe that. Yeah. I do. So thanks for for entertaining me, telling our um, that part of the story. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Um, you know, the women right now, um, women come to us from incarceration. So we are what is considered a Tennessee Department of Corrections approved halfway house. Um, and I say that a little bit with a smile on my face because I tell everyone we don't do anything halfway. Oh, there, um, right. I don't believe in that. And so I do say that we are a recovery home. We are a place that we really strive to provide hope and healing. Um, and so what we have found is that the ladies we serve need a structure. They need daily support and guidance. And with that, they are very capable of being successful. Um, It's kind of the idea of us believing in them until they believe in themselves again. And so, you know, they apply while they are in the prison. We review their application and then we um, accept them. Often we pick them up 
from the prison, which is one of my favorite things to do. Yeah. I drive a legal getaway car <laughs> um, and um, bring them to the house and help them, you know, just start living life on life's terms. And they receive case management. I mean, we help them with all of their basic needs, hygiene and food and clothing and things like that, of course, right? you know, within two hours. But after that, we really have a desire to get in and help them with educational things. Um, along with being a social worker, I'm a licensed alcohol and drug counselor and providing that education to them on why they how they got involved with the activity they did and why that has happened and and what role that's played in their life is is hugely critical for them to be successful. Yeah, um, I can see that. They also, you know, participate in 12-step meetings. I'm a big fan of the 12-step community, um, and Nashville is richly blessed with AA, NA, CA, GA, anything that ends with A. <laughs> um, they also uh, celebrate recovery is a favorite of some of my ladies, yeah. and um, those are those are great programs, great programs for them to get support. Absolutely. So you said you bring them to the house. Uh, so you have a location that you're using. Where is that at? I do. We have yeah. two homes in the Donaldson area. Okay. Um, and I have fallen in love with Donaldson. Um, it's a great little area. It's convenient. The bus that goes right up and down Lebanon Road and also into downtown has been very helpful. Right. Um, and just the Donaldson area in general has been very, very um, welcoming to our clients. That's good. So you said that they can apply while they're in prison, yes. uh, and, and they're there for a lot of different reasons, but usually it's connected to drug or alcohol abuse or, or domestic violence issues, things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, but how do they find out in prison? Is there, is there communication? Is the material made available to them while they're in prison so they know that this is an option, they can go apply for that? Sure. So we do accept applicants from all over the state of Tennessee, whether that's a county jail or the prison system. Um, and each facility depends greatly on what their resources are. Um, some of the clients would tell you they found out through inmate.com, just a little gel humor. Um, <laughs> but they, um, they are very good at sharing information and resources with each other. Right. And then most of the jails or prisons have re-entry workers or case managers that help them with phone calls, applications, resources, sometimes an over-the-phone interview if I need to speak with them. Um, but that's typically how they find out. They will, they will also write me, and I will mail them an application. So yeah. I do a lot of um, daily just communication with inmates. Yeah. So just in general, do you think, uh, as you think about your clients, uh, that you're working with, are they more likely to have been in prison for a while? Or is it usually a, kind of a quick thing? They're just in jail with a, a violation that they had, and, and in a short period they're reaching out. What do you find is the most common thing? Yeah, that's, that's a great and very interesting question. I would say for us, primarily, we've served women who have been incarcerated for at least three years um, at the time that they're coming to us. Okay. Um, I have had someone who was 10 years and I've had um, one client who had spent 20 years. Um, in my former employment, we had someone who had spent 32 years wow. at the Tennessee Prison for Women. And um, I'm, I'm happy to say she's one of my favorite people on earth. Yeah. Um, still very close to her, have a great relationship with her, but um, have watched her live her life and completely change her life um, for the past seven and a half years. Wow, so, that is great. Mm -hmm. That's the most rewarding part of your job, I know. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you see that transformation that is is possible 
for any of these women that are willing to, to reach out and, and put in the work and the effort that needs to be there. But they need the support to do it uh, because of where they are and what they've experienced. They're going to need help to, for that transformation to occur. One of the things that I tell them as well, you know, we've got the case management, we have 12-step programs that they're participating in, but they would tell you one of the quotes they hear from me all the time is, you need to find your people. And what right. I mean by that is not just your recovery or people within the fellowship of AA or NA, but but what I think that makes us different is that we want them to find their people within a church congregation, you know, some yeah. church family. And so we are not a specific denomination, even yeah. though I have some very close direct contacts with, with a couple of churches of Christ right there in Donaldson, yeah. um, Donaldson First Baptist, Vertical Life, uh, the Presbyterian Church, Holy Rosary. You would not believe the people who have come to the table, so to speak, to help us help our women, but a lot of them are jumping in and getting involved within a church family. And I've told them, you will need all of these pockets of support. The people like you and I, who to them seem like we have it together most (laughs) days, which is kind of scary. But when they feel that way, I tell them that's not happening independently. That's happening because of the people that God has blessed me with or put in my life. And I lean heavily on my friends and my family and my church family And I want to invite them to that kind of life. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. We've heard the phrase over and over again, it takes a village. And that's true, but you got to be careful which village it is, right? (laughs) That's right. you got to have the right Mm -hmm. village, the right people around you that are Mm -hmm. going to encourage you in the direction that's going to transform your life for the better. And not every village will do that. But the church family makes a huge difference in that process. Combined with, you know, sometimes we, we... I don't want people to think that the church family all by itself either. Yeah. Uh, for those situations, some some churches are equipped with those programs, Celebrate Recovery and all of yes. that. They've got a lot of that in place, but not every individual congregation has all of that. So I don't think God would want us to isolate ourselves from those other good programs and, and resources that are available out there either. Exactly, yeah. absolutely. And, and I've seen so much happen, you know, with their involvement with other places. Um there's that, you know, I don't know what the saying is, but that feeling that you get when you volunteer and you sign up to do something to help someone else, but you end up coming out of it feeling blessed. Well, I'm getting to watch our ladies do that. You know, when they get to volunteer at church to do, you know, to help watch the kids while somebody else, not alone, but to help watch the children while, you know, another class is happening for young marrieds or when they get to plant flowers somewhere or whatever level of involvement that they find themselves, if it's making the coffee at their 12-step meeting, it gives them a sense of value and purpose. And and I think that's why when I heard about the opportunity at Women of Worth, um, that word carries so much weight to me. I want them to feel that they are valued and that they have worth um, because a lot of their life they've been told they don't. And, um, you know, I think if we can surround them with enough people and support and love, they can really start to believe that. And, and we see that transformation happen. Yeah, I see it all the time when people find a purpose or they feel like their lives can be used for good. They can contribute in a positive way. It adds to their self-worth and value, uh, gives them some of that encouragement that their life can be different now. That's that's great. Well, we may have listeners that uh, would want to know about, uh, for example, uh, 
for your program, do they have to have been in prison or jail, or, or are there referrals outside of that as well? I am specifically taking women from jail yeah. or prison. Okay. Um, just feeling like that reentry part is part of what I feel like is my yeah. my background and my experience. Mm-hmm. And often, you know, mixing the population of women recently out of treatment uh, for substance use with a population that has been removed for the most part from it mm-hmm. sometimes can be a difficult group yeah. to put together because right. they have they can have experiences and triggers that affect the other one. Yeah, they're in different um, places there. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yes, pr- uh, really just jail and prison. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's good. Uh, well, do you use uh, in your program, are you using, do you have just a paid staff or are there volunteers that you bring in to help with that as well? Uh, how do you staff what you're doing? Yeah, so um, I'm the only one that is probably considered full-time. And then I have Catherine, who is a program manager, who helps do the case management, organizing volunteer schedules, um, activities for the women. We do kind of a monthly calendar because they, we keep them very busy. Yeah, that's Um, important. It is. (laughs) It really is, especially when you've been told what to do, you know, for the last one, three, ten years um, of your life. So they do groups. They have an opportunity to get individual counseling. And so a lot of those activities are done through volunteers. And then we do have some paid contract staff workers that come in and, you know, provide therapy or provide counseling. Um, We we have a wonderful group of volunteers and always looking for ways to plug in new people. Um, And they have done everything from cooking courses to bike riding to yoga, you name it. Um, We we try to expose the ladies to as much um, different activities as possible. So there there are a lot of great ways to get involved. Great. So if we have listeners that are looking to look at possibly taking that next step of getting involved as a volunteer, what would be the best next step for them to take? Yeah, so they can visit our website, um, which is um, wowtransition.org, and that there is a tab there where you can fill out a volunteer form, and then either myself or Catherine would get in contact with them. We do have a volunteer training because we do think it's important for us to prepare um, our volunteers for the population that we serve and how to help set like healthy boundaries with them. Um, And we want people to just, you know, we all do a better job when we feel a little prepared. So we want to make sure that they feel comfortable and prepared to be involved in our homes. And basically we just then say, here are the opportunities. What, what feels like a good fit and let's try it out. Um, That's great. Yeah. Yeah, I have this tendency sometimes to (laughs) say, I'm just going to wing it. And that's when I get in trouble (laughs) big time. So the training is really good. We uh, might be dangerous together. (laughs) It's, it's good to get them prepared a little bit for what they're going to be dealing with because it's a, it's a unique situation that you're walking into, and you may just not think of those things that, with your experience, you would know they need to think about that they, they haven't yes. experienced yet. So yes, it's good that true. you provide that for them. Uh, for the funding for your program, is that uh, how does that work? Yes, yeah, so we are extremely grateful that we have some foundation support from here in Middle Tennessee. Um, we have funding from... Um, the 
foundation. I'm sorry, I just have drawn a complete blank. I started to say community foundation. There are so many wonderful memorial foundation, community foundation. Yeah. Core Civic provides a grant to us to provide okay. some therapeutic services. We do a lot of fundraising ourselves. And so, um, you know, that is always an opportunity if someone has capacity and a heart to, to help in that way. There are ways to give on our website. Uh, we have a state grant through the Department of Mental Health and Substance Abuse Services, which is also key in us providing those substance abuse services to them. Um, but we, I'd love to share about our I event gonna, tomorrow. I was going to ask about okay. that, yeah. <laughs> Great. So, yes, we are doing kind of a first-time fundraiser for the organization tomorrow night, uh, somewhat of a collaboration between our program and an agency called Southern Word, where they have been doing a writing course for our clients for the past month. Well, that's great. And tomorrow night, we're going to allow a few of our women who are brave enough, and there are several of them, who are going to share a little piece of what they have written in a spoken word format. That's great. Um, yeah. Which is, I've never been to a fundraiser that did spoken word. So we think we've been creative with this, um, and we're really excited. So that is a free event to attend with a formal ask at the end, yes. uh, we're having desserts and it's kind of coffee style setup um, and very informal where the women will share. And that's from 7.30 to 8.30 tomorrow night. Uh, so Thursday, this September 22nd at Donaldson Church of Christ. And that is 2706 Old Lebanon Road. And um, we would love to have guests um, if anyone right. would like to join us. Short notice. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure you might like for them to go ahead and maybe and register though in advance, so you kind of know how many to plan for. Uh, did they do that on your website? Yeah. Actually, you can go uh, to our website to find these email addresses, or you can email either myself or Catherine. Both of our emails are on the website, but mine specifically is Christy, K-R-I-S-T-Y at wowtransition.org, and I would love to hear from them. That's great. Well, I'm glad you were able to share that, too. If any of our listeners are interested, go ahead and make that connection there and plan to attend tomorrow night. Uh, I can't be there. I wish I could. It sounds like it's going to be a great night, um, and I would love to hear the spoken word. Maybe uh, if they record that, you could share some of those later on, on social media and things like that. That would yes. be great. Well, I want to thank you for being here today. I know you could talk a lot longer, uh, and uh, we want to maybe have you back in the future to tell some maybe personal stories of, of transition and transformation that have happened as well. I know you've got many that you could share. Uh, when you see that happening, when you see the difference and you see them down the road, uh, I bet you get a lot of them that come back and talk to you and share the things that really impacted them. What would you say... Uh, and I'm putting you on the spot a little okay. bit here. What would you say is the maybe the most impactful part of what you do for the client that you're helping, uh, and maybe for you personally? I do um, get return visits, uh, some that have just really kind of never left. It's kind of like having a grown child who yeah. pops back in. Um, and two of them are actually sharing tomorrow night. Um, but yes, we, we have women who come back and share things about our program. And often our ladies have been in numerous programs. So they have a comparison window in their head that all of us don't have. What I hear from them the most is that they felt valued and loved. Yeah. And um, they are sometimes very broken when they come to us because of family situations or a whole family history of addiction 
of, uh, you know, suicide within their families, just so many deep, heavy struggles. And so to be around us and hear them talk about like seeing the seeing light, seeing Christ in the way that they're treated in a non-judgmental fashion um, is probably what I hear the most. And, you know, I get my heart broken, um, you know, because life is difficult with our clients. But I will say that when they come back and they share that with us, I remind myself, if we do this and it changes one woman and it changes the trajectory of her life and her children's lives, it is worth it. It is. And that will have a just a, a multiplying effect. It's a generational thing Absolutely. that will be passed down from generation to generation when that cycle is broken with that one woman. That's what it, we pray. Yeah, it affects <laughs> so many others. So thank you mm-hmm. for being the hands and feet of Jesus, being that light in a place that is often dark. For those people that are going through that we appreciate you for being here today and sharing that if you want more information check out their website uh, email christy i know she'd be happy to talk with you well i want to uh, before we finish up today just share a few things that are going on here at lakeshore i want to thank those that came and donated blood yesterday and our community blood drive you guys really showed up and made a big difference there so i want to thank everybody that participated in that uh, this Sunday, we're partnering with Thrismart uh, to have a clothing drive. So I want you to be reminded to get those clothes bagged up, the gently used clothing that to, can be donated. Bring those to either one of our campuses. Thrismart is going to have a truck at both of our campuses Sunday morning, and they'll load those trucks up. We want to pack the trucks full. We want to have uh, all the clothes we can get, clothing and shoes and things like that that you can donate. That's this coming Sunday at both of our campuses. If you want to find out more about ThriftSmart, their website is simply thriftsmart.com. You can go there and find out more. I want to encourage you, if you're not already connected to a life group, we've got new life groups forming all the time and ongoing life groups that you can connect with. Uh, just uh, go to our website at lakeshorechristian.com. You can click on the Life Group graphic there and fill out that form, and someone will follow up with you to help you get connected there. Or on Sunday mornings at our kiosk at both of our campuses there in the lobby, you can uh, click on that graphic and sign up there as well. We have an audio training session coming up. If you are interested in helping run sound in any of our services or programs or activities, this is some great training for you to go through. It will be Saturday, October the 1st from 9 a.m. to 12 noon. Again, you can sign up at our kiosk or on our website. We have a big event coming up in October. Every year we've done Trunk or Treat, and it's become one of our largest community outreaches here in the Antioch community, and we're doing it at a Smyrna campus as well, and so it's becoming more of an outreach there. But it takes a lot of volunteer help. We need you to help out in several ways. One is donate candy. We give out a lot (laughs) of candy. We have over 1,000 people easily coming through on Trunk or Treat, and we want you to uh, help us out by donating candy. But we also need people who will decorate trunks. Get out there with your vehicle, car, or truck, and decorate it. Just have fun with it. And then be there to connect with people from the community as they bring their children through to get candy. Uh, Just be a good representative of the church out there in the parking lot at both of our campuses. So if you could sign up to help with that or to be uh, just assisting in any other way with Trunk or Treat, it it happens October 29th from 2 to 4. But you need to register in advance as a volunteer. We have that again on our Uh, website we also have it on our kiosk at both campuses where you could sign up to volunteer for that this sunday we're concluding our message series called legacy we've been studying the life of joseph and this week i'll challenge us with a message on our legacy when it's personal Uh, it's about leaving your own personal legacy remember we're not talking about becoming a legend we're talking about leaving the god honoring legacy 
that God would want us to leave for our children, our grandchildren, for our family and friends, for the generations coming behind us. One thing I know people sometimes think about with their legacy is this. I've already messed up. I've already failed at some things that messed up my legacy. Well, I want you to know God's mercies are new every day. And this Sunday, you're going to hear more about, there's a passage in Genesis 50 and verse 20, where Joseph has gone through some really hard things. His family betrayed him, sold him into slavery. His brothers did. He went through all kinds of challenges. But here's what he said to his brothers in verse 20. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. What we think were bad things, hard things, and they were. I'm not downplaying that at all. God is powerful enough and merciful enough to even take those bad things and bring beauty from them, bring good things from them. He works all things together for good, he tells us in Romans 8, for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So I want you to be with us this Sunday. If you're local, show up in person. We'd love to meet you and spend time with you. We want you to hear this message. But if you can't be there in person, we have a live stream on Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock. You can connect with us online there. We encourage you to invite family, friends, neighbors, and coworkers to Continue to grow, connect, grow, and serve with us here at Lakeshore Christian Church. We'd love to see you at either campus this Sunday. Thanks for joining us for the podcast today.